Welcome to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things screen-free. My name is John Allen Turner, and that guy over there is Hal Edward Runkle. Hal, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing all right. We just had a delicious lunch, some lovely Thai food at one of the many Thai places nearby. We are blessed with many Thai places. And your food was a little bit... um, Perfect. Was it perfect? Because they finally got Thai hot. Correct. Thai hot. Correct. You say Thai hot, that's different than hot. Because it's hotter than hot. Yes. And yours was, in fact, hotter than hot? For the first time. <laughs> How long have you been going to this place? I've been going for a while, and they never get really... It's spicy, but it's not Thai spicy. I have been to the Orient. <laughs> I have had... The world traveler. Yes. I'm, I have I'm kind been of a big deal around here. Kind of a big here. deal, yes. I have been to the Orient. I have tasted Thai hot and barely lived to tell the tale. Have you been to Thailand? No, I I've have been to... Um, Singapore. <laughs> I've been to Saipan, okay. which has a number of Thai, uh, Thai people and restaurants there. But uh, I have been to Singapore and had Thai food there. Okay. And and it's is it different? Uh, it is. It's not as different as, say, um, Japanese food. In Japan. In Japan versus... It's way different. Because you can't get well, the same ingredients. Except and... sushi is the same. Well, sure. Sushi, sushi is the same. Yeah, it's Fushi. I just said Fushi. <laughs> I meant to say food. Fushi. Okay. Well, okay. So um, let me let me get this out of the way. Yeah. Uh, right now, um, the, a lot of the news resources in America are uh, focused on a story that is happening right now. Like mm-hmm. the investigation is ongoing. Some things have been going on in uh, Danvers... Massachusetts. The second school slaying this week. Right. So uh, it, from all reports, it would appear that a, a young man, a, a student, uh, killed a math teacher in a high school there. Yes. She was 24 years old and apparently killed her inside the school after school hours or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. And there there was blood in the bathroom and, yes. and an investigation ensued. They found a body and now they've arrested a young man. And, and obviously our, our thoughts and prayers go out to all of the people there involved and, and all of the students, all the faculty members. And what makes this one particularly difficult to take, as Hal said, is this is the second one that took place in the last few days. A 12-year-old shot and killed a teacher in Nevada two days ago. So brought a gun to school. Now, the second one, this one in Massachusetts, there doesn't appear to be a gun involved. Right. And obviously, there's a there's a much larger issue uh, going on in America that, that it's easy to focus in on the means of the killings. Sure, that, sure. And, and to discuss gun control and and all of that, and and there's there's room for healthy debate there, but in this second one, because there's not a gun involved, I think a lot of times we don't know what to do with that, and right. so of course, what needs to be addressed is the culture of violence yes. that is at work in America, and not just the means of expressing our violence, because many of the murders that go on in America, a gun isn't even involved. Right, right. I would I would love to see the statistics. I'm I'm sure that most of them do have a gun involved. I don't know. I, 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 maybe they do. Maybe they yeah, don't. I would but, I would assume that because it's such an easier um, medium in which to take out a gun. But here's you said the culture of violence, and there are so many people that have decried a double standard in America in terms of what we censor and what we allow. Mm-hmm. 
right, that we are very, very stringent against sex. Yes. Have been traditionally. And yet, so on network television, there are very strict rules uh, about nudity and the way sex is portrayed in primetime television. Yes. But there is a ton of violence. It's unbelievable, and it always has been. Yeah, tons. going back even like when we were kids. Oh you my know gosh, I mean? A Team was tons. Yeah. My only Vice was tons. No, A Team was amazing because they would nobody sh- ever nobody died. ever got shot. Nobody ever died. Yeah, yeah, nobody ever died. Bullets and fly. There were a lot of cars that went off ramps. Explosions. You know? That yeah. was the only way people died, but no one got shot. Yeah. Yes. So that was an impressive but, thing. But yeah, like there was Kojak and yes. Barnaby Jones and all of those, uh, you know, detective shows, and there was always murder involved right. in that. Always have been. So that's and go, go back to Gunsmoke. Oh sure! Oh loud, my gosh! You know? The westerns are full of violence, people dying right there in front of you, but uh, don't show a nipple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so here's why I bring it up: is because I don't know if you saw this little piece of news, but I think it's quite fascinating. I think it's huge. It's Facebook changed its policy. Right? Yeah, I did see on this. violent videos this week. So apparently, you know, social media helped drive what what they call Arab Spring, yes. right? The uh, uprisings in the Middle East to yes. overthrow oppressive regimes to and all that. And mixed results so far. Exactly. And, uh, and there are a lot of people from different political and religious ideologies who all are on Facebook together. And for some people, showing videos of violent acts prompted people to revolt. Right. So they would show videos of beheadings. Or of public flogging. Yes. Or of, um, um, uh, well, setting yourself on fire. What's the R- right, word yeah, for that? A, a suicide or yes. a martyrdom or, yes. or something like that. So uh, Facebook, a while back, made the decision to not allow violent content right. on their website. Now they... Absolutely, do not allow sexual content. There is no, no they nudity. They will ban that very no, quickly. Nothing pornography. Yeah. yeah, you cannot post those, any sort of things like videos or or even words yeah. that uh, are erotic and and the Facebook police will come and find you and shut your account down. Right, but violence now they've changed their policy just this week. You can show beheading. a beheading, and it, it, now obviously I don't know that you would be allowed to show that as a way of haha look what we did to this guy but look what's going on well it, it could in the be Middle just a, isn't that cool yeah i don't among know among young teenage boys would they allow like a a, a glamorization or glorification I don't know. of it i think i but think. i mean certainly you can't prevent if somebody you know if you're posting this saying hey look at what's happening in syria like the headlines in in today about that uh, sharpshooters in syria are targeting pregnant women and right, shooting yeah. at their bellies right <sighs> so if there's video of that then are they going to post that someone's going to post that on facebook with the idea that this will spurt uh you know a uh, spur and out uh, an out uh, People rage, decry and, it, and, yes, yes, and, and work towards. Uh, but that's not stopping a teenage kid from sharing it and saying, yeah, "That's true." Hey, this. this is kind of neat. I mean, I don't know if you remember I, yeah. this or participated in this, but do you remember Faces of Death? I do remember that it was a movie. It was a series of movies. There were like five of them. Crazy ways that people died, but it was real footage. It was. It was like documentary footage, or cameras happened to be rolling. And this was more to a teenage boy. This this, was. I'm telling you, this was more gold than pornography. It it was gore porn. It. I mean, it was. Yeah. 
two. I mean, it, and it was hush hush. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean if underground. You got, if you and, got yeah. caught with your Playboy, that would be better than, than getting, getting caught, caught with, with faces. faces of death. Yeah. And it was, I mean, you it was got kind of like you thought it was an urban legend for a while because yes, you'd hear rumors exactly. about this. Oh, there's this movie out, and it shows oh all these different ways people die. I can't, rem- I can't believe you had that too. I mean, yeah. It's amazing that I'm, I haven't thought about that. that in yeah, so that's long. like from when we're 14 yeah. years old, that's 14, mid 80s. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Faces of death videos, and now those are allowed to be shown on Facebook. But again, you cannot yeah. show a woman breastfeeding her baby. Right. Yeah, that's a, it is a weird uh, fascination. Now, I, it is also, I think there's something uh, psychologically damaging about how many of those uh, horror movies tie the two. Sexuality and... And violence. Well, sure. Tie violence to sex. Well, in the 80s, the all the slasher movies, yeah, it they, was a moral... Yeah. It was a morality play because whichever teenagers had sex, yeah, it, you we, knew yeah, they were going to yeah, get yeah, killed yeah, the first. fornicators get killed. Absolutely. But, but even, even not in that genre, yeah. there is still... There's a weird tie between sex and violence in a lot of movies that I think, damn, man, that, that really... It's it's ugly. Creates some damage. It's ugly. For people. But we certainly do have an overall culture that celebrates violence. Well, I mean, now, just to be honest, we're a culture that was birthed out of violent revolution. True. You know, I mean, there, a Very lot of true. other cultures that just sort of emerged right. or whatever. But, I mean, this, the United States violently overthrew its the British government. Now, the one difference, I will say is the United States did not overthrow another country on another right, piece yeah, of yeah. land. We didn't go take their land. We no. didn't go beat them up and take now, their land. Now, of course, they viewed that. Yeah, yeah, differently. That's how yeah, those... British people may be viewing this slightly differently. So but, if you're listening to this... But just to, right. again, regardless of that... But yes, violence. The point is, we were, we were born with guns. True. The United States was born with guns and firearms and the right to bear arms. And the right to defend in, yourself. You know, our founding documents, because we wanted to make sure that we would not be oppressed. And sure. the only way we could ensure that was having appropriate military means right. to see that that doesn't happen. So, as a country, we're steeped in this. It has been part of our heritage. You know, this, yes. uh, this month... They're saying one of the greatest movies ever made is set to release, Mm. 12 Years a Slave. It's actually out now, yeah. And uh, it's out in select cities. It'll be out in in broader release this week. And I think that's, again, that shows that our... That's part of our history. True. That dark passage of our history. And how we have used violence as a means through which we uh, actually grow and develop as a society. Yeah. That when we are confronted with a, a situation that that we can't get our way out of, we can't figure out right. a way out, when all else fails, we resort to violence. Mm. It's what we do. It's what we've always done for a couple hundred years now. I, okay, I have not played any of the uh, Grand Theft Auto games. And neither have I. I've okay. seen them. Right. But I've never played Well, here's the question. Uh, it's a first-person game, right? Right. So you are playing somebody in a virtual world. Whose job is to steal cars. And, and do lots of and stuff. beat up hookers, I guess, is yes. part of the game. But are... 
Are they having sex? I don't know. Is it? I don't. I don't know. We're showing our age, I suppose, by not. Good lord! We need to talk to somebody who has actually played them. I, I, I do wonder what redeeming qualities come from that. Right. Well, you know, you, I mean, do eighty-seven like in the first three days, like eighty-seven million units. That's a crazy number. Not, 80, uh, not $87 yeah. million. If a movie earned $87 million in its first weekend of release... You, 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 it, that's a, that's, it would be, depending on when it came out, but yeah, that might be... People talk about the $100 million mark for box office in is, a weekend yeah. is unbelievable, but $87, 87 million, million units. And, and those are, what, $30, $40 a pop? Oh, uh, 50 yeah. $50 a pop. I mean, think about that. That's four hundred million. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah. On these uh, first-person shooter games, first-person, you know, right. it's cartoon. It's um, but it okay. is that it math is immersive. That math's not working for me. Is it not? No, because that's that's getting into the billions. Eighty? No, it's four hundred million dollars, right? Eighty-seven times four, right? Eighty times four. Somebody would help be, us out. Neither of us are math. Would be two hundred forty million. Yeah, eighty times forty. Would be no. two point whatever billion. No, well that can't be right. Clearly, we've we're idiots. <laughs> Here's the point: <laughs> we spend a lot of money. Yes. On these games. Yes. And what are we hoping to accomplish with these games? Who's buying them? And and why are we so obsessed with them? Because I mean, it, it's what are the most popular TV shows? They're always uh, around. Yeah, it, it, procedurals, crime procedurals, right, crime procedurals. those kinds of yeah. things. Yeah, about death, about violence, about death, murder. Violence. And if you can throw some sex in, a little bit, yeah, tiny bit, sure, but it's not the central theme. Central theme is well. Then how does? Yeah, I guess. Well, how does like uh, uh, two and a half men fit into that? <laughs> two and a half men makes me want to commit violence. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Well, and Big Bang Theory does for me too. Does it really? I, I've never. Wa- I've watched maybe four or five episodes of Big Bang Theory. I, I, I've never watched a moment of Two and a Half Men, and I know a lot of people. I don't know anyone who watches that show, <laughs> and yet it's the most popular show, show on television. On television, yeah. I don't I, know anybody who watches Big Bang Theory, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, so all of this leads us to some questions about. Uh, not necessarily how we got here, because a lot of people can trace that, and I'm sure some fantastic books and uh, and papers have been written about how we got where we are. But where do we go from here? That's really what I'm concerned about. Right. How do we get ourselves from where we are to where we want to be as a nation? How do we appeal to the better angels of our nature? How? Parenting. Really? Is that what it's going to come down to, parenting? Parenting. But parenting isn't fun to talk about for most people. Parenting is hard to talk about, and it's not sexy. Because it's hard, too. Yeah, it's hard to do. It's hard to do well. And you can't legislate it. Let's legislate something. Let's ban video games. Let's boycott. Let's arrange for a rally at Mm -hmm. whoever is producing these things. That sounds like a lot more fun than talking about parenting. What's your point? No. And we're going to talk about parenting. We're going to talk about yeah, parenting. Yeah, of course we're going to talk about parenting. 
It always comes down to parenting because parenting is the most influential relationship on earth. Parenting is the most influential relationship on earth. Well, then why don't why don't we talk about it more? Why, why you know, don't we do it? actually? We do. We just don't talk about it well. Oh. That's my thinking. I mean, I, I we think just like to complain about our kids. That's part of it. And and complain about our parents, right. conversely. Yeah. <laughs> Part of it, for sure. For sure. It's, it's... When we live in a violence-saturated world that is consistently projected around us, on us, in us, 24-7, through the 24-7 news cycle... Yeah. Then... Everything seems to be designed to foment our anxiety about our children. Okay, so um, next week will be Halloween. Yes. And so you've already got, you know, I'm sure the fear mongers are out there distributing their, oh, don't let the kids do this, don't let the kids do that. Don't. Right. Um, I was watching a comedian the other day, George Lopez, was talking about um, how different his experience is. George Lopez and I, like, I, I feel a lot of commonality with him. He was a, a Mexican American in right, California, and right. and, uh, and so he talks about how now that he lives in the where the white people live, uh-huh. they all come trick or treating at like four in the afternoon. Yes, it's early. Well, it's light outside. Mm. Trick or treat, and he's like, I just got home. I don't, I don't have <laughs> I don't any. Have I don't know what you're ready. talking about. All it's right. the light outside. What are you doing? Exactly. And uh, and so of course we trick or treat during the daytime. We uh, we go around in packs, you know, and and uh, we're very careful about which houses we'll go and which houses we won't, and what kind True. of things we'll eat and what kind of things we won't. There's nothing wrong with being careful about it. No, come no. on, are we gonna uh, childproof the whole world? Yes, is that because <laughs> that that's our what goal? our anxiety says. And when you have events like this week, that's what your anxiety spikes up. Oh my gosh, we can't. We're homeschooling the kids. Yes, we're homeschooling the kids. We can't send them out anywhere. That's right. You can't send them to public schools anymore. You have to private school them until something like this happens in a private school, and then you just have to homeschool them. Right. We're going to keep them home all the time. And that's what our anxiety says to do, which makes for terrible parenting, because what it does is the more you, you jack up that anxiety, then it forces always the dichotomy, the two choices, the dilemma, where either I protect them at all costs or since that's so exhausting and I've got or I abandon them. So it's it's like micromanagement or completely hands off laissez faire. Right. Those are always like that those the are the extreme options. Goes there. Yes. And it's and it's easy to choose those options. Those chops options are easier to choose. Yes. It is easier to micromanage everything to cut your child's meat for them and yes. make sure it's not cut into disc shape because then they could choke. Yes. It's easier to do your kids' laundry for them. It's easier to make your lunch, their lunch, to do their homework, to all of that for them. Right. Or completely abandon them. Just, what? just yeah, hands off, let them do whatever, let them raise themselves. Or just, yeah, don't come home. Yeah. yeah. Those are the easy choices. Let somebody else do it. The hard choice is... Becoming the leader that they need, where you are bravely choosing to lead them into this dangerous world, to equip them not to just exist in the world, but actually have a chance at making it better. So you're saying parenting is leading? Yes. But leading is hard. Yes. I can't, I can, I have a hard time leading myself. 
No, I wouldn't want you leading me. <laughs> sorry for your kids. But you're the dad they got. So, so uh, yeah, you got to okay. start with Nobody what you got. Nobody said life was going to be fair. Yeah. You got me. Proof of yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, uh, so parenting really is leadership, and, um, and leadership is difficult to do. It's why so few organizations succeed. It's right. why so few churches succeed and schools. And, you know, we want to blame the curriculum. True. We want to blame the government. We want to blame the textbooks. Nobody but, ever wants to say, you know what? Leadership. And every study that's been done, I, I've spoken to a couple of uh, university education departments, and they've shown me the research, the, the meta-study over... All the studies that have tried to pinpoint what are the factors that lead to increased classroom performance, and the one that comes out to the top every single time is classroom management of the teacher. It's not teacher-student ratio. It's not socioeconomic it's level not, of the students. It's not Title it, I. It's not, it's not school the, lunches. The, uh, it's not single-family household it's percentage. It's not income. No. It's not nuts. It always comes down to... What environment is the teacher creating in her or his space? Right in this classroom, this is what this is how we do. Things. This is how we do things. Now, just what, like I talk about how parents define normal for kids yeah. in their homes, teachers get to define normal in their classroom. Right now, one of the things we absolutely have to always say is doing this well in never ever guarantees that kids will respond the way that you want them to. This is not kid management. It's not student management. It's classroom management. It's environment management. But we can never fully get rid of the fact that children are going to have minds of their own, and they're going to have the capability of making horrific choices, like killing even the best teachers. Yeah. That's one of the, the, the realities of the world that we are leading our children into, and it is easy to get turtle shell and say, well... You know what? I you don't want to live. Withdraw. I just want to go and, and move to a remote part of the world where people live sixteen miles apart. Yeah, and and I don't have to deal with that. Of course, then I will point them to Truman Capote. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah, it happens there too. Writing about a family that lived thirty miles mm-hmm. from anybody else in Kansas, and, and it happened there too. Viciously murdered in. Cold blood. Cold blood, yeah. Quote. So, uh, so I've got to learn how to lead my kids and lead my classroom and lead myself. Which means I've got to learn. I've got to talk to my teenagers tonight about these school shootings, slayings. Excuse me. Yeah. I've got to talk to them about it. I've got to listen to them. Well, now, how do you talk to kids about this kind of stuff without scaring the crap out of them? Yeah. Well, ask them. Are you scared? What have you heard so far? Because they've heard something. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the thing. You know, it, it used to be there were three channels, and if mm-hmm. and you figured your kids wouldn't read the newspaper or see it, so that you there were very few channels. Now they've got it, an infinite number of channels yeah, in their social pocket. media in their and, pocket. Yeah. Right, they have heard something right already yeah. this week. Now I I think how you talk about it is going to be different with each age group, but whether you talk about it. I don't think you have a choice. Your kid's a third grader or above. I think second grader or above, I think you got to talk about it. Yeah. You address it. So what have you heard? Are you scared? 
You ever think about whether or not that would happen in your cl- in your school? You ever worry about that? And this is one of those times where the temptation as a parent is to lie to them. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I'm going to make sure it that never. something like that never happens right. to you. But you can't. It's like that um, Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. I promised him nothing bad would ever happen Yeah, to him. exactly. Why would, Why you, would promise you promise that? that? Yeah, I love that scene. That's the most ridiculous thing ever, right? right? I can't promise my kids. I wish I could. I wish there was a place, some magical place out there, some Disney mm. village, pre-planned, urban planned community where we could live and nothing like that would ever happen. But as long as there are people around, mm-hmm. stuff's going to happen. I don't think I don't think I wish for a place like that. Well, there's a part of me that doesn't. There's another part of me that says that's dumb. Yeah, you know, I, I, I mean, mean, I like the the reptile part of my brain. Yeah, just reactive and said protect, protect, protect. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That yes. part of my brain says, man, I wish. And the sort of John Lennon idealistic says, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I I wish. Imagine such yeah, a place. Exactly. Right. I I wish that there were a place like that. But I also know, you just look around. There's no place. Well, and that's... I mean, it happens the, in urban centers. It happens in rural places. It happens among the rich well, people, among But the it's poor a people. selling it's, point for the creation of subdivisions in the very... Right, right, the, right. Cul-de-sacs you know, and... Uh, and gated communities, yeah. right? It's, it's all this. We're going to sell people on the idea of creating a sense of security. I was talking to a guy the other day, and he was like, you know what? I was just telling a guy about all the security I have in my house. And it now has video cameras, all of which point to my phone so I can check. And he just looked at me and said, what does that say about me? Yeah. Right? And what message are you giving to your kids? I was just in a home yesterday. And it's not my home. It was um, meeting with some clients at, at a home. And I opened, and I was looking for a coffee. They have a Keurig coffee thing. And they mm-hmm. said, look, somewhere at the, 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 the coffee pods are. And so I opened a kitchen cabinet, and there was multiple guns sitting right there on the kitchen cabinet with clips, and they all had, like, bolted uh, bolted to the cabinet were the holsters where these things went in. So this was their actual location. Yeah, this was not like, oh, I left that there. No, this was was reach very quickly. Like, all I had to do was reach in, and the handgun was positioned perfectly for a, right, hand. a right-handed person to grab it and pull it out of its holster. So there was a lot of thought yes. and design and planning yeah. that went into that. And so what does that say if what I'm really, what I'm really showing to my kids is be scared? Yeah, be, be afraid. afraid. Be, be very, afraid. Be very afraid. Yeah. The world is out to get you. That's the number one message I want to give you. And so you better listen. Yeah. Because if you don't, man, you'll get caught unaware and you'll get caught and you'll be like one of those suckers mm. that, you know. And so I asked this guy, my friend who was talking about all these security measures he has on his house. And so, so, uh, you use it at all? And he said, well, yeah, I busted a guy who was, uh, toilet papering my do- in my house. Could you imagine? Like, I, I, I toilet papered toilet- a couple of houses <laughs> I when I was it. in high school. That is a whole different. Yeah. <laughs> like when that guy comes out and he's, oh my word, yeah, packing heat. Oh god, that's ridiculous. But he got it on video. You, know, you and need the showed, toilet paper. He showed the parents the video. He said, <laughs> "Oh, wow. Okay, so and you're. I'm, is that why you got the? Well, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. here's, but, we're so scared. How do you get past that? Yeah." 
How do you calm yourself down? Alcohol. Is that it? I think that's the answer. Yeah, it's always the work. answer. <laughs> it's always the answer. A little marijuana, right? Hey, if you got some uh, meds around the house. Yeah, sure. No, we've got to... <sighs> what we have to do is make a commitment to pursue principle over anxiety. In my world where I operate as a therapist, what I see is every day we make choices. Do I say yes to my anxiety or do I say yes to my principles? Because your anxiety threatens to pull you off your principles. Always. I will, I will sacrifice my principles in the name of anxiety. Which is why it's so important to have the conversation about what your principles are when you're not in the middle of a crisis. True. True, yeah. If you're waiting for the heat of the moment, it's really, really difficult. And it's too late. But think about this. My anxiety about my kid feeling disappointed if he loses a ball game tells me, well, let's not just keep, let's not keep score and let's yeah, give so, trophies to both sides. So, so again, we go into that kind of either or. Either we're going to keep all the scores and we're only going to reward the single one champion or we have to give trophies to everyone. Right. The pendulum swings to one extreme or the other. Uh, uh, Kelvin Teamer, one of our fellows here at the Institute, was telling me he coaches five-year-old soccer. Right, his son's soccer team. Yes. And he wrote a fascinating article about this, by the way, on our website. Right. You can go to the website and they can read that. And about the idea that uh, you ask one team, did you guys win? Say, yeah. Yeah. What was the score? I don't know. I don't know. You ask the other team, did you win? Yeah. What was the score? I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, Kelvin says, you know who does know the score? Hmm. He does. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was the coach. He knows. He's not supposed to keep score, but he knows. I was talking to one of my old professors. I went to a conference last week in Portland, which is an absolutely gorgeous, beautiful city, one of my favorites. But uh, he was talking about how difficult it is to give a C on a paper to college students now. Because they freak out and they appeal it. And, and they... their parents call you. Oh, my goodness. A B is difficult. A C, he said, is almost impossible. You have to be able to articulate. You've got to defend that C. I would C. somehow or other figure out a way to put it in the syllabus that if your parents ever call me to lobby yes. for your grade, your classroom participation for the next day will be a zero. Mm. Like I would somehow, or, or, or it will automatically lower your grade right. by 10 points. Yeah, what I think is you have to hold a baby bottle in the corner during class. <laughs> That's where I, but he said it's epidemic. Yeah. You know, it's, you'll get a revolt from the other students. Yeah. They'll be fighting for this kid's benefit. Well, sure, because they understand it's in their best interest. You yeah, know, if they can, exactly. this, the students have kind of unionized over there. So you can't give kids a C. You can't tell kids... Um, hey, you need to improve. Yes. You can't tell somebody that they're average. I mean, think about this. My One of my kids took a, an IQ test mm -hmm. at school. I don't know why they did this to them, but mm. they took an IQ test. And uh, she scored in the um, above average, right. not in the genius range, right. but in the above average range. And... Uh, and I told her, you know, that's like where her number is. That puts her in the 86th percentile. Mm -hmm. And she was disappointed by that. Mm. It's not good enough that she yeah. has a higher IQ than 86% of American children. Right. No. Then she wanted to know what my IQ was. Uh -huh. Then she wanted to know what her mom's IQ was. Then she wanted to know, like, what everybody, see right. kind of where she was. Well, 
How come yours is higher than mine? How come mine is mm. higher? How come she's not? How come I'm not? Oh, goodness gracious. You have what you have. I didn't make it that way. Right. I, it just, it is. Right. And it's so difficult to get kids to accept a B. You got a B. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. You earned a B. That's what you earned. That's what I didn't, you scored. I didn't award that to you. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah. I didn't arbitrarily decide, hmm, I will give you full credit and I will give you partial credit. No, right. that's what you earned. Yes. And if you want to improve, you have to work harder. And why, why is it so difficult to be average? Why is that the worst thing in the world? Hmm. You can't be average anymore. That's what a C is. True. C is average. True. If you are operating on a bell curve, that's where you set the midpoint. Hmm. Right? So why is that the worst? Th- why is that the end of the world? Because then you're not the exceptional kid that your parents needed to have to make themselves special. feel. Then you're not special. Which I've been told my whole life, you're special. Can we just say right now, this, this nonsense that we're telling our kids that you can be anything you want to be is oh my goodness horse pucky that is killing us. Well, that I, is... no, you can't. And, no. and the one the thing I tell them is you cannot be twenty five years old unemployed and living in my house. Yeah, <laughs> that is not a career path that is available like, what, to what, you. What, what was the uh, article that came out the other day? You posted this on yes. uh, on six, Facebook. Sixteen. Okay, so six million. Six million of our young adults. Get your young head people. around that number. Six million people. That six is roughly people. the population of, of Atlanta. Atlanta. Right? Okay. So six million across the country, aged 16 to 24, are neither in school or employed. So they, they're not going to school anywhere. So the 16 through 18s have dropped out. And what are they doing? I guess they're sitting around playing. They're doing nothing. They're, they're playing uh, Grand Theft Auto. Yes, or they're on the streets. Just wandering around, milling around like the Walking Dead, That's, like walkers the, in the Walking Dead? Yes, it's 16% of that age group. 16%. So what is that, one? So it's all, the, all the kids who have an IQ below, or above my daughter, right? That's a big huge chunk. Huge chunk. 16%. <sighs> Without a job, or without pursuing an education. And so the, with the, you know, the horrible, horrible thing is these are absolutely uh, six million that are headed towards poverty. And yet they, they probably don't think that. They probably think, well, I don't know what they think, that money is going to land on them magically out of the sky. That, or the uh, world's out to get them. Oh, so yeah. now we're back. I see what you did there. You circled mm-hmm. back. You reincorporated information from earlier. They've been taught the world's out to get you. And that's not just from their parents. They've been taught around them. Yeah. I mean, we, we've been, we are taught to be victims and paranoid. Paranoid victims. That does not sound like an attractive combination. No. No, those people are not very attractive, except to other paranoid victims. Yeah, because they continue to foster that right. mentality. Yes, we are helpless and put upon by the man trying to keep us down. Yeah, I, I think about that John Mayer song about um, waiting on the world to change. 
See, that's I think that's a huge uh, societal shift yeah. from um, uh, the baby boomers idealism that we're going to change the world. We're going to change the world. Yes. Yeah. Uh, talk about a revolution. Yeah. You know the 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 hippies wanted change, and they decided to engineer it. Right. And then this generation wants change, and so they're just going to wait for it. Mm-hmm. We're waiting on the world to change. Because they know that the fight ain't fair. Right. And you it, you can't control it when you don't... When they're holding all the cards, they have all the money, mm-hmm. they have all the media in their back pocket, so we can't do anything. So I guess we'll just sit here and we'll wait for the world to change. Right. So in so many ways, the choice, again, back to anxiety over principles is the choice is, do I protect my kids at all costs from this big, bad, dangerous world, or do I work to prepare them to actually make a difference in this big, bad, dangerous world? And some of that is, and I know this is something you feel very passionately about, and I've started to take a lot more seriously since I heard you vocalize this, that we have to stop raising consumers. Mm-hmm and start raising producers. Right. Like you and I, you know, I think you and I probably went through seasons of our lives where we were just consumers, right? But I've, for the last decade, you and I have both been in the production business. Trying to, and I will tell you, I struggle with it right now. Yeah? Because producing is hard. Sure. And, and now... And you're trying to write the next book. And writing that book is so much yeah. hard because now, because of technology, the ability to consume... Oh yeah, has exponentially expanded, uh, and I can consume all day with this amazing <laughs> this magic wand here, yeah. in my pocket all day, where I can go anywhere virtually, and I can read anything, and I can justify it because it's an important article or a video mm-hmm. that's you know I can. Oh. And you just consume, consume, consume. Yeah. Now you I read news on... articles, right? Because mm-hmm. I think, well, this will be good for writing this book. Yeah, it's you know, good. It's, a, it's research. It's the same way we used to justify watching a lot of TV by saying, well, I'm watching Discovery Channel. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I watch a lot of History sure. Channel. And well, Discovery. I work with teenagers, and yeah. I need to know what's current, so that's why I watch MTV. Right. I remember that argument yes. when I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I work with young people, so I need to know their language and all that. So I'm, that's why I'm going to the movies you know, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It doesn't matter what's on. It matters that it's on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And at some point in time, you reach the, the point where you decide, I don't want to just consume. Now, I don't think you can ever get out of the consumption business. No. But how do I shift this so that I'm also producing things? And that's what I want for my kids is not just to uh, be the people who watch the programs, people who read the articles. I want them to be people who make the right, programs exactly. and write the articles. And so, but again, this is one of those things that they're not going to figure that out on their own. No, it's up for us to demonstrate this. And so, you know, it's one of the things I have recommended before when I'm asked about, like when I was interviewed several times about after Sandy Hook is, okay, you got to turn the TV off. Yeah. And it's not like I understand. Get what you need, turn it off. You and I both, just for a number of different reasons and so many other factors that we didn't even have anything to say about, but we were given the opportunity to get the educations that we have. Yes. And we have had the doors opened to us that have been open to us. Not everyone has, I get it. But 
Go plant a garden. Mm-hmm. Work with your hands. Make something. Put something together. Build up. I mean, even right. it's a puzzle. I mean, something. Make something. Do something. Create a Create piece of something. a piece of art. A, a, you know, a canvas. A, a something. Right. And get your kids connected to producing, rather than just consuming and regurgitating. Right. Right. Because that's what a lot of homework is going to come down to is True. taking somebody else's work and just assimilating it and True. and being able to recite it. Get them to draw or create something at some level. And I think that's the ultimate antidote to anxiety. What do I do with my anxiety? All this stuff. Go create something, right? You're you're feeling anxiety. You're feeling worry. You're feeling pain about these school shootings. Okay, go create something. Whether it's take pictures, yeah, with your phone and right, put, yeah, whatever. Use that, but find something around your yard. Get a very close up of a flower that's blooming, right? And something. preferably, if I could add this, mm. take a picture of something other than yourself or your kids. Right, take a picture of <laughs> nature, something yeah. that's that's <laughs> something that's out there that transcends yeah. these schools. Take a picture slangs. of the sunset. Take a picture of the moon. Right. Take a picture of the trees. The leaves are changing colors right now. It's beautiful you out wanna here. You want to deal, and this has always been said, you want to deal with grief. Well, write about it. You know, you want to you want to deal with this, okay? You want to, if you can't not focus on the school slangs, write a haiku about it. Yeah. Five, seven, five. Five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. Easy. Do it. Yeah. And but if, you, if you're stuck for what to write, here's, just start with telling the emotional truth. Hmm. I feel blank. Yes. I feel this because this happened, because I'm afraid, because I'm worried, because of whatever. Just start by telling yourself the truth. Even if nobody ever reads that, even if you take it immediately and shred it or burn it or throw it away or whatever, get it out. Yeah. Produce something. I am scared of the world that my kids are entering. I am scared of the world that I have brought them into. Yeah. Say that first. And then see where that goes. Right. See where that leads. But get in the act of creating. Because the temptation is to consume more and more. But consuming more and more news stories about the things that are making you anxious is like the parable of the man adrift at sea who starts drinking salt water because he's thirsty. And he doesn't realize that it just makes him it's more thirsty. Making it worse. It's just going to make it worse. And eventually kill him. Yeah. Consuming more in order to assuage the anxiety I've already felt because of what I've consumed already. Yeah. And all of this is is how we self medicate. Yes, it is. And that's really what that is. And we all do it differently. For some of us, we drink too much. For some of us, we eat too much. For some of us, we spend too much money or shop too much. And for some of us, we just binge on television. Right. And all of it is a way of, of trying to make the anxiety go away, but the anxiety doesn't go away. Mm. You have to address it. And I think the best thing, this is great advice, mm-hmm. channel that anxiety into producing something, creating something. Do something. And it, whether it's, it's a... Uh, 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 one of those things they used to make, they used uh, that new moms used to do this uh, uh, scrap scrapbooking. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, scrapbook or scrapbook or do a collage. Get your kids out and and let's... how about for every ten YouTube videos you watch, you have to create one and post it yourself. How about that? Yeah, 
It's an interesting thought to give to our kids. It's, you can watch that. 10, yeah. but every 10 you, you watch, you've got to produce one. Yeah. I want you thinking about creating, because creation has always been the antidote to anxiety, and it's always the antidote to the um, NUI. Ennui. Ennui. Yes, right? as the French would say, yes. ennui. The ennui that kills us from within. It's the idleness that these 16 to 24-year-olds, 6 million 16 and 24-year-olds are actually inviting into imagine. their lives. I can't imagine 16 to 24 years old not being in school, not working. I, I don't know what you would do for me it was uh, for us day. for us it was either or you're either yeah. in school yeah. or you're working seriously right. there there was no option there's no option to sit to do around nothing it was i got that option in the four weeks or three and a half weeks of christmas break in right. between or semesters at college vacation summer for vacation. a little bit you you'd come back at right and and they would say all right i understand it's been a long mm-hmm. so take a couple of weeks and then yeah come up with a plan Right, you're not just gonna lay around because this. What I talked to my kids during a summer vacation. I was like, "We're not just gonna lay around and mildew during right. the summer. <laughs> that's all you. That's all that happens. Right. You just turn sour. You just watch mm. Disney Channel all day, and you get sour. Right. Stop it. Get out. Do something. Teach yourself how to do a different. You know, sw- at the pool, teach yes. yourself how to do the breaststroke right. or how to do the butterfly or right. whatever. You know, teach yourself how to dive. Go and collect bugs, something, anything. I don't care. Just don't sit around and mildew. And so, one of the ways that we can, and this, it's a simple step, but it's actually absolutely powerful. One of the ways we can lead them in this area is just turn off the screens. Yeah. We did that, and I've mentioned this before. Yeah, that Tuesday, technology-free well, or not something? not just that, but um, during the summertime, mm-hmm. 10 o'clock, I would just unplug the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And, just, and, and sometimes, like, it would be late at night because I know the kids would be watching right. videos or whatever, and they would stay up until 2 o'clock in the morning, which would meant that they slept until 10 o'clock True. the next day, and then they were lazy and tired and all right. this kind of stuff. No, 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 we're not doing that. So 10 o'clock comes, the internet's unplugged. Now what are you going to do? Right. Read. Well... You're going to read, and then you're going to get sleepy, and then you're going to fall asleep before midnight, mm-hmm. so then you can be awake about 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to get that far out of our our routine during the summertime. Right. Turn the internet off. But this means we have to. turn. Yeah, that's the problem. It, it, this is funny, because uh, my wife and I were talking about this the other day. Uh, why did we stop turning the internet off at 10 o'clock? Oh, because we were watching Arrested Development yeah. on Netflix. That's right. And we needed the internet for the Netflix yep, thing. Yep, yeah. yep, 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 I yep. like that show. Yeah, I did too. But I like my kids better than I like that show. So maybe we go back to unplugging the internet at 10 o'clock. Or, yeah, I mean, whatever. Be, mm. Come up with your own rules. But it's possible. I, it sounds overly simplistic. And maybe it is to some extent. But most of these devices come with an off switch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and we forget. we wish we yeah. wish our kids did, but they don't. But they don't, yes. right? But one of the ways you can help them learn to manage themselves better, which is that's the fantasy behind. It. I wish I had an off switch on my kids, as I wish they were had better management of their emotions and choices. Well, one of the ways to do that is to help eliminate some of the easy distractions that technology incredibly powerfully invites into your home. Turn the stuff off. Turn the devices off. Turn the screens off. Not forever. No, but find times in your normal routine where we're just not, that's not an option. Yeah. And so we have to come up with a different option. 
we have to create a game, we have to plan out a video, we have to do something creative that turns us from consumers into producers. In spite of all the evil that is out there. Because you know what? There is evil out there. Absolutely. There always has been. And there always will be. There's no storm-free neighborhood. No. There's no violent-free zone. As idyllic as we sometimes think the good old days were. And there's no... um, There's no... uh, loss-free sports team or experience. Yeah, your team is going to lose. Nobody goes undefeated. Nobody bats a 1,000. There's always going to be something out there that will stir up this anxiety in you. And when you allow your anxiety to get the better of you, you end up in one of these homes where you're basically a prison in your own home, yeah. right? Because of all the security and because of all the guns and because of all the everything. And again, I'm not yeah, saying like anything. You, if you want a security system, that's fine. That's if you fine. want guns, you know, sure. do it legally, all that. I'm just saying, is that a product of your anxiety? And if so, is that the best way for you to channel your anxiety? Mm-hmm. Because are you keeping them out or are you keeping you in? That's the real thing. When you become a prisoner of your own devices. Tools of our tools. Yeah. Okay. Now, the one thing we don't want people to turn off is this fantastic podcast. In fact, what we'd love for you to do is, uh, if anything we've said resonates with you or makes you angry or you love it or whatever... Forward this on to your friends. Share use, it with Use friends. social media for positive change <laughs> by sharing this podcast with all of your friends and all of your contacts. Because this really is, uh, we don't do any advertising. We don't do anything. All we right. have is word of mouth. And so we, we are so appreciative of the fact that you would take the time to listen to us wherever it is and however it is you are accessing us. Thank you so much for listening to Two Guys Try to figure out how to calm down so we can grow up and get closer to the people who matter most. We'll talk to you more next week.